and welcome. I'm Victor Fernandez of Fit Family Foundations, and I'm here to say the foundation of your family's health begins with you. Welcome once again to the Fit Family Foundations podcast. I am your host, Victor Fernandez. Thank you once again for joining me as you do each and every week. I truly do appreciate it because I'll be honest with you, it's much more fun to run my mouth when people are actually listening. So hopefully there's people out there listening. Uh, now, I have to admit something. Uh, this particular episode, now, I, I, it's, been, it's been an absolute blast with everybody that comes on the show talking about their unique fields, you know, industries, and just themselves as a whole. But this one's going to be a bit more emotional for me because of my special guest today serves in the healthcare field that, frankly, I have learned more about of in the last six months than five, 10 years ago I ever imagined I would. You know, I've been quite candid on this show about my parents' struggles at home in recent years due to my father's declining health. Uh, so as you can see, this one's going to hit home for me, and, I, and you'll see why as the, show, as the show progresses. But first things first, if you haven't subscribed to the show, and especially those of you out there who have elderly family members who, have, who are struggling with living their daily lives, now's the time to subscribe to this show because this is the episode you're going to want to listen to. And of course, leave a great review. I love my five-star reviews. I'm not going to lie about that. And share this show with others who could benefit from what my next guest and all my guests discuss. That's why I keep running my mouth each and every week, hoping, hoping that people will actually listen. Speaking of guests, my next guest has nearly 20 years of experience as an occupational therapist and along the way has discovered her true calling in life, helping senior citizens truly find the quality of life that, let's face it, we all strive for. Their, their level of generational health, if you will. She strives every day to elevate the level of care provided to our local senior population here in Wilmington, North Carolina. And for those of you listening who happen to live in the Cape Fear region, she's in network with Medicare and covers New Hanover, Pender, and Brunswick County. So if, if you're within earshot of the show, you need to reach out to her. She's also a wife and a mom, two wonderful kids, six and three and a half years old, as well as their beloved dog and cat. And she's made Wilmington home for the past four and a half years. So she's got about four years on me. Uh, so, you know, so taking care of the important people in her life, be they family or clients, has truly become a passion. Please welcome to the show, Beth Locke. Beth, thanks for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Excited Hello. to be here. Absolutely. And I guess, and, and, and now for all of you out there know this show is gonna be about occupational therapy and what Beth does specifically. And like I said earlier, Beth and I have had this conversation about occupational therapy and how it relates specifically to my own parents for a few months now. You know, and so it's become a topic that's been front and center in my mind for, for quite a while now. So, you know, so the first thing I want to start with is can you share what the biggest challenges are that senior citizens face as they get older, as their health starts to decline? And how has helping people overcome those challenges become such a passion for you? Sure. Wow. That's that's a loaded question. Um, <laughs> Start with the hard one first. <laughs> so um, as far as biggest challenges, it's hard to say because there are so many challenges that they face. Um, they face losing loved ones, um, friends and family that they used to rely on. Um, 
or not even rely on, but lean on. And um, so their support systems get smaller. Um, their families may, you know, move away as they develop their own families, things like that. They're de dealing with pain, arthritis. Um, they're dealing with chronic medical conditions. Um, they may be dealing with, you know, more acute, more serious medical conditions, stroke, heart attack, or what have you. Um, they're dealing with financial constraints. They're no longer working. And perhaps, you know, they didn't save as much as they didn't know they needed to save as much as that they're going to need um, for retirement because costs have gone up so very much. And they thought they were going to be able to live off Social Security and surprise, they're not going to be able to. So they, you know, are really dealing with budget issues with uh, paying for medications on top of, you know, rent, mortgage, food, utilities, all of that stuff. Um, they might lose their ability to drive. So they're dealing with the, you know, uh, reduced independence with, with transportation and just a smaller world being stuck inside their house, things like that. So I could probably go on even longer, but the, <laughs> the, the challenges they face are just so, so numerous. So what's, and I say this because it takes a special kind of person to do what you do. I say the same thing about my wife, Shelly, who works with special needs individuals. Not everyone can do that job because mm -hmm. knowing myself and knowing how emotionally invested I am with my own parents, it's not even a situation where I'm, this is my career, this is my family. I know how emotional I get. So to see that each and every day, see the struggles that people go through that would take a serious emotional toll on me. I'm not sure I could, I would have the, I don't know, you know, the the chops, the gumption, whatever you know, buzzword you want to throw out there, to be able to do that because it takes such a special and strong person. So where does that passion lie within you to want to take on this type of a challenging career? Well, that's easy because I get to be, <laughs> I get to be the shining star in their life. You know, I get to come in and maybe I can't fix all their problems, but I'm really good at at least directing people where they need to go to find the help they need. And maybe, you know, unfortunately, in a lot of cases, not all of the help that they need is going to be out there. Things are still going to be difficult for them, but I can make their lives a whole lot better. And, um, you know, the feedback that I get from my clients is, you know, I don't know what I would have done. And the fact that I was able to come in and, and help in any way, shape or form is just, it's too rewarding to be bogged down by the, the heartache of it. I mean, the, the heartache of course is there, but I can help. So that helps me. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And I know just, just recently here in the last few weeks, you know, my parents and my dad specifically have gotten a home health care aid that comes in four days a week to help out. And I've, I've, come to the realization as I was going through the process of finding one that would be good for them, it's as much, if not more so, for the caregiver mm -hmm. as it is for the individual who's being taken care of. Because you mentioned the whole point, it's a much smaller world when you're in within these four walls. You know, and I see that with my parents. My mom herself is a prisoner in her own home and has been for several years now. So what's it like to be able to not just assist in helping the person you're working with specifically, but also those people who are heavily invested in taking care of them on a daily basis? Yeah, I mean, that's a huge part of it. I, um, I, I try to focus a lot of my time on caregiver 
training, because if I can make the person more independent, that takes a lot off the plate of the caregiver. Um, and even if I can't make that person more independent, like some, uh, you know, later stages of dementia, perhaps I, you know, I can't really train them to do something new, but I can train the caregiver instead of battling this patient on X, Y, Z, here's, here's a method that is, you know, has been shown to work with this type of client so that they're a little bit more, um, you know, compliant and willing to, to go with the flow and, as well as just, you know, let's set up the environment differently so that they can, you know, do more for themselves and not rely on you for not just physical care, but, you know, emotional care and socialization and stuff like that. Um, it, yeah, I mean, just the caregiver burnout, caregiver burnout is such a, such a big deal and it's so hard. Um, but even if I can come by and, you know, during my one hour visit, the caregiver can run to the grocery store or take a shower, <laughs> even just that little bit of respite can help. And, and also I can, I can kind of gear them in the direction of some other respite programs that are available in our area that we're fortunate to have. All those things that so many of us take for granted, like you said, running to the grocery store real quick to pick up a few oh, yeah. things or just hopping in the shower and, and washing away the stress and the frustration of the day. I know one thing I've discovered and I have, and I'd like to say this is strictly because my parents are unique individuals, you know, but I know it's gotta be something that you may not necessarily be across the board, but pretty close. As we get older, I see myself at 51 doing this myself, we get set in our ways. You get more resistant to change. Now you're talking about people who have lived in the same home for over 40 years now, in the case of my parents, and I'm sure it'd be a lot for a lot of people as well. How do you get them to a point where they aren't resistant to what you're trying to show them and are really accepting of it as opposed to not being as what we're currently dealing with in my parents' home now. Yeah, um, <laughs> patience, patience and persistence, little changes at a time. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously that's something I deal with all the time um, and I don't win everyone over, but I'm pretty good about going at their pace. Okay, you don't wanna do these exercises. We'll find something else we can do that's gonna still help you um, and, and move you along, but isn't going to make you feel like I'm forcing you into something. I One of the things I really love to do is work on hobbies and leisure activities. You know, what do you like to do? Oh, I just sit in front of the TV. That's, that's the problem. So what did you used to like to do that you don't do anymore? And what can we get back? Well, I used to golf all the time. I can't golf anymore. Mm, maybe you can't go out and play a full, you know, round of 18 holes, but let's get out your club. Let's swing it right here in the living room. And just that little thing right there sparks so much joy in some of these people. It's amazing. And, um, you know, oh, I used to, I used to sew, but now my sewing machine is in the other, on the other level of the house. Okay. I can help you get up those stairs. Let's go. We're going to go up those stairs and we're going to turn on that sewing machine. And, and again, just that little bit of, of pushing that direction towards something that they love can really get them motivated and okay. So those stairs were difficult. Let's work on some exercises so that those stairs are easier so we can get up here easier next time. Or, you know, swinging that golf club was tough because, your balance isn't the best. Let's work on the balance and then we can work more on the golf swing and maybe actually go to the driving range or something, you know, keep it small. Um, as we walk around the house, trying to do something that they enjoy. Oh, that you almost tripped on that rug there. <laughs> I know you love that rug, but maybe just for a short time. Can we just move it for a week 
and see how it goes. We'll put it back if you hate it and just kind of meet them where they're at and take things as slow as they need. Uh, most of them will come around in time. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you work with my dad, and, and, and I think I've shared this on the show a few times before, everybody on the show knows that I'm I'm rather transparent and I'm, I'm essentially an open book and I have no issues talking about anything, no matter how sensitive a nature it is. You know, my, my dad's a tough nut to crack. I'm not going to, I'm not going to mince words. And, uh, you know, so I've, I've, you know, shared on the show previously that, you know, he, he's one that he really doesn't do a whole lot. And I think mm -hmm. part of, and, and that, that's lent, lent itself to his declining physical health where now he doesn't move even like he did six months ago or a year ago, he's getting to a point where he's closer to being bedridden than he is to actually walking, you know, again. So when you're dealing with advanced stages of physical, mental, emotional health, be it, you know, Alzheimer's or dementia or the inability to walk, you know, lack of mobility, how do you handle that when the, the options may be a little more limited than somebody who can still get up and swing a golf club? Yeah, I mean, everything is adaptable and gradable. That's one of the things that occupational therapists, uh, we really get drilled into our heads in school um, is how to break down a task into teeny, 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 tiny little steps, like smaller than you'd imagine. Like we could tell you the 50 steps to making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, whereas, you know, to most people would be like, oh, that's three steps, you know? Um, so we can break things down into tiny, tiny little things and um, make them doable for anybody. We make them adaptable, you know, if we need to bring in some, uh, you know, adaptive equipment or something like that to make it possible, then that's what we'll do. But, um, we're we're pretty skilled at, at making sure everybody is can can participate somehow. We're going to take a step back for a minute, kind of go back in time a little bit. Yeah, you know, I, I we can obviously sense and 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 hear, and I can see, and not everybody else can see, but I can see the passion that you have for what you do. Where did that come from? From way back when we know why the passion is now, what the ability to help people and to change people's lives. But where did it come from? before you even began your career? Um, that's a good question. I think um, it's part of its gen genetics. <laughs> I come from a family of teachers and social workers and things like that, where you know people are generally in helping fields, but actually my parents worked in computers. And um, I think that I saw what they did sitting at a desk working on machines all day. I was like, that sounds terrible. No offense to you computer people out there, but <laughs> I was not interested in anything like that. Um, I had a few sports injuries when I was a kid with surgery and ended up in physical therapy. And I saw these therapists kind of up and moving around and helping people. And I saw how it helped me. Um, and I was like, that that seems more up my alley. Um, got into college, not really knowing exactly what I wanted to do. And they had occupational therapy. My dad read me like a three sentence description of what OT is. And I was like, yeah, sure. And that was uh, probably the best decision I ever made. Um, honestly went into it saying, I'm not gonna work with old people though. I'm not into old people. I'm only gonna work in pediatrics. <laughs> um, my, my master's was, I was in the, the pediatric uh, focus and that's where I started my career was in pediatrics. But um, life, Took me another direction. I ended up being a traveling therapist where you don't get to be quite as picky about what type of job. Um, and I ended up doing home health. And that's really, you know, I think home health and or being able to work with a patient in their home means makes such a huge difference. 
um, being able to, like I said, go in there and make small changes and, you know, they're, they're alone most of the time and you get to come in and even just visit with them for the hour um, just brings so much joy and happiness and just being able to see the impact that I make with everybody is just so rewarding. So um, I kept going on that path and, you know, here we are almost 20 years later. And um, I, I just, I just love, like I said, it's the little things. I have a 96 year old right now. And every time I leave, she says, I wasn't looking forward to you coming, but I feel so much better now <laughs> that you've been here. Not that you're leaving, but the fact that you've been here, I truly feel better. And that's all I need in life is for, you know, I helped a 96 year old feel better. It's, you know, it doesn't take much. I have that same relationship with the gym. I didn't want to be here, but I'm here and I did it. Now I feel better. <laughs> right, right. And, and and a lot of people feel that way. Most people feel that way too. But, you know, this older generation, they didn't, they don't know. They've never set foot in a gym. They don't know what that's like. So. <laughs> yeah, very true. Uh, how is it, you've got to, you mentioned about, about being adaptable and being able to, to really adapt to different, not just different scenario situations, but different people and personalities. So what's it like when you go from one person to another where the personalities couldn't be any more different? You went with somebody really laid back and was amenable to everything. And then my dad, who's the exact opposite of that. How do you adjust to kind of, like you said, to meet them where they're at and, and what they're like? Yeah, I, again, it's just something um, I think that OTs are particularly skilled at is being able to assess the situation, assess the person um, and who they are and what they need. And, you know, yes, I go into one home and I will hold the hand of a, a, a little old lady and, and talk to her softly and, you know, coax her gently through something and go into the next home and, and probably treat them how your dad's going to be treated and say, hey, you know what? Here's some tough love. <laughs> Two thumbs up on that one. I like the tough love approach. And <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like I, I'm challenged. I'm like looking forward to the time that I finally get to meet your dad and actually. Uh, <laughs> oh, very true. Get a move in. You know, absolutely. I mean, thank, thankfully now, I mean, at least even if he never ends up down here and I'm hoping he does. Um, the woman that he works with now is, is sort of along the same lines. She can be sweet when she needs to be. And she can be tough when she needs to be. And when I heard that for the first time, a big, bright smile came across my face because that's yeah. exactly what they need. And now the flip side is trying to crack my mom, who still feels the need to do everything, just like she always has since the day yeah. I was born and even before that. You know, so I talk about tough nut to crack, her as well. One's, <laughs> no, one's no different than the other, no matter what they might say, say to anybody else. Talk about what is the schooling like? You know, we, we think about the healthcare field. We think doctors and nurses and med school and, and all, master's degrees and all this other stuff. For occupational therapy, I don't think people, unless you're in the, in the field, really know what type of academics and schooling goes in and education goes into that. Mm -hmm. um, and it's changed since I went through it. Um, I was one of the last classes that could actually graduate and practice with a bachelor's degree. Um, and then everyone after that has been master's required. So, um, you know, you go in and you do a whole lot of coursework. It's, um, it's a lot of psych work, which most people wouldn't realize, um, as well as, you know, learning all the anatomy and physiology and neurology and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then you do, um, your clinicals, which, you know, range in time frame, but you're shadowing, you know, a therapist and then 
you know, by the time you graduate, the therapist is shadowing you and you're, you're showing off your skills. And honestly, most of what we learn is that hands-on, um, you know, that classroom knowledge is helpful, but most of, most of it is just that hands-on learning. And then usually when, you know, as a new grad, when you get into a job, you're going to have some sort of hopefully have a mentorship program and have some good, um, you know, mentees that you can kind of follow along. You mentioned earlier what the, the most satisfying aspect of the job is, you know, being that, that shining light, that bright light for somebody and, and really make their day and make an impact. What's the most challenging aspect of the job? Cause I know we all have them and there's some, you know, really test us to the point where you think, why in the hell am I doing this? You know, and, and you know why you're doing it, but you're so frustrated. So what's the toughest part of the job for you that really tests your patience and your resolve? Um, it probably has nothing to do with the patients. It's the, um, the healthcare system in general is, is not what it should be. Um, you know, again, I started almost 20 years ago and the job looked very different back then than it does now. Mm -hmm. uh, Medicare and other insurances have cut reimbursements so drastically. And um, a lot of the smaller mom and pop, you know, privately owned businesses are being bought up by large conglomerates where, you know, as an employee, you're, you're just a number and you're just expected to produce, produce, produce. And, um, you know, I told my husband before I started my own business, I said, you know what, I'm working harder than I ever have. And I'm making less than I ever have. And this is, this is ridiculous. So it's not just that it's also getting, um, equipment paid for by insurances. They don't cover very much of the insurance of the equipment that I tend to recommend. And, um, and again, just the resources, I love to connect people with the resources that are available. And we're fortunate in this region that we do have some great resources, but it's never enough. So, um, you know, we need more, more resources and, you know, I, I can help with a lot of the things, but it's always frustrating when you can't solve all the problems because the resources just aren't there. I'm glad you mentioned that about healthcare. Cause that's <laughs> even just healthcare for you and I, for our families is challenging yeah. enough as it is. Cause every year it seems like we pay more and we get less out of it, you know, so yeah. even less bang for our buck, but you see it. That's especially true when you're talking about, you know, when you what senior citizens have to go through to get the proper care that they need. I've seen what it's like. I mean, thankfully, you know, knock on knock on wood, that my parents have saved a good bit of money over the years. So, you know, money isn't an issue per se. But I've I've discovered just how the flip side of it, they're not going to get any help. Everything, well, not any help, you know, healthcare wise or health insurance wise, everything's out of pocket. Yes. No, it's 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 an it's astounding how much. It and when you now. when you need that caregiver, which let's face it, every you know all all seniors are going to need a caregiver caregiver at some point. They don't realize that it's going to cost you now twenty five thirty bucks an hour. That adds up really quickly, and they didn't save for that. They didn't know. Um, so little 30, plug for some long term care insurance. <laughs> Thirty six dollars an hour. I'll, just, I'll put that out there right now for what my. And granted, they're in New York, so it's all relative. It might be less right. here in North Carolina. I've done some research, and it looks like it's a decent amount less uh, mm -hmm. per hour here. And in New York, everything's more expensive. That's why I don't live there anymore. But because yeah. uh, yeah, I wouldn't be. I could make five times what I make now and still not be able to afford to live there. It's, it's pretty scary. Another reason why I want my parents down here, but I see what, what they pay $36 an hour and 
it's it's again like you said it's never enough it's four or five hours a day four days a week it's like but it doesn't it helps every little bit helps but it doesn't really bridge the entire gap you know what right. about the rest of the time you know so it, it's just amazing so how 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 much do you think families and these senior citizens themselves think about the financial side of things, how much they can afford, what they can pay, what they can't afford, and really stay away from that, which then lends itself to a bigger issue, caregivers family, being family members who are around them full time at their own expense, time-wise and everything else. Yeah, it's huge. I'm, I mean, it's on the forefront of their mind all the time. Every time they pick up their prescriptions and they have to pay hundreds of dollars out of pocket for run-of-the-mill prescriptions. And um, and yeah, with the, you know, the caregivers, the sandwich generation, they call it, is so hard. You know, when you're, you know, you've got your elderly parents and you've got your own children you're trying to raise, plus you've got a career and everything else. It's, it's beyond stressful. Um, and so, yeah, I would say that they're thinking about it all the time. <laughs> I mean, is that something, is that when, when people reach out to you, when families reach out to you, and I imagine oftentimes it's family members of senior citizens who are reaching out to you, that's got to be one of the first thoughts, questions, concerns that they share with you. It's how much is this going to cost us? How much yeah. does Medicare actually cover? Right, right. And, and, and it's really tricky with Medicare because a lot of it's gray area um, as far as what I do. Um, I have to be able to prove that somebody has a medical necessity, but they don't really define medical necessity. And I have to be able to prove that they're making progress, but they don't really define what that progress has to look like. So um, a lot of times uh, with, with some healthcare systems, including, you know, a lot of the home health these days is getting shorter and shorter and shorter. Um, and that's one of the things that I love about what I do working for myself is that I'm able to stay in a little bit longer because um, I don't have those productivity demands that, you know, a, a larger corporation would require. Um, I stay in longer with my clients and um, I'm able to get it, you know, covered by insurance um, most of the time at 100 percent. I know we, my family and I ran into that same situation when my dad was in rehab before he went, he went back home recently. Oh yeah. That's, that's so different than what it used to be. Oh, it's amazing. I, I, I spoke, I, I was in constant contact with the social worker that was working with my dad and, you know, God bless him. He tried his best. He really did to, you know, to, to keep him in there as long as humanly possible. But like you said, it's a very subjective thought process as to what can be deemed actual tangible progress being made or you know actual tangible need you know of this type of care and right. then got to a point where medicare said that's it we're done you know if yep. you want to stay it's out of pocket from here on in so at that point you know he went home you know so i mean for you i mean that's got i mean how how do you how do you focus on that from a from a business perspective you know when again it's not just here, I provide this service, you pay me, you have to deal with the health insurance and healthcare side of things. You know, yeah, and I really, I try to minimize the burden on them, not just financial burden, but the, the stress of dealing with the insurance company, because a lot of um, businesses like mine will um, say, oh, well, you know, I'm not in network with your insurance, so you can pay me cash, and I'll give you the bill, and you bill your insurance, and maybe you'll get reimbursed, and maybe you won't. Whereas I take that out and I go ahead and just directly bill as an out-of-network provider 
you know, I'll run their insurance ahead of time and make sure that they have out of network benefits. Some people don't, mm -hmm. and that's, that's a hang up. But um, as long as they have the out of network benefits, I will go ahead and bill directly. And then I deal with all of the insurance stuff and not make it be the family's burden because myself as a, you know, as a, a, a consumer, I don't want to deal with that. Well, tell us a little, tell us something about your business. Let's, let's, let's promote your business here. Cause I know yeah. people out there in the Cape Fear region who are listening. I know there's people like me out there who are thinking, where am I going to turn to get the help that my mother or father or grandmother, grandfather, whoever it is, is going to need moving forward. And, and the reality of it is, is you don't know how long they're going to need it for. It might be six months a year. It might be 20, 30. I keep telling people, you know, my dad has no aches and pains. He's going to outlive us all. And yeah. so <laughs> you just don't know. It's, re it's really undetermined, you know, and indefinite. So tell us about your business. What made you want to venture out on your own? And what's it been like building it up in a field that there is such a need for? Yeah. So um, basically what I've already explained is what made me want to go out on my own, you know, working for, for larger corporations who have these productivity demands um, suck the life out of the job, basically. And I said, I still want to do this, but I want to do it my way. Um, so, um, you know, it's it's tough to get out there and be able to educate. So I can't have these, you know, half hour conversations with everybody where I can say, but this is what I can do for your family. Um, and not everybody actually most people don't know what occupational therapy can do or maybe they've had occupational therapy, but it's been in that limited capacity where they got cut off perhaps before their goals were met. Um, so um, making, make, making people understand that you don't necessarily always have to just immediately hire the caregiver. Let me come in and work with them for a little while and see if I can elevate them enough to get them to a point to not need the caregiver, or if they need the caregiver, I can be um, pretty specific about what things they need the caregiver for. So we can, you know, maybe minimize the hours that you need the caregiver for. And also I have some really great connections so I can hook you up with some good caregivers because in reality, there's a lot of terrible caregivers out there and I hate to see that too. Um, so I'm, you know, I go into the home, I do a home safety assessment. I talk about any equipment that might be beneficial. I talk about any environmental adaptations that might be beneficial, even if they're against doing them right now, we're gonna talk about it. We're gonna get it out there and maybe we'll circle back in a little bit, a few weeks to actually make it happen. Um, I assess their strength. I assess their balance. I assess their endurance. I assess their cognition. Um, I, I assess their, um, psychosocial kind of, you know, emotional status, all of those things really play a, a huge role. So I think that a lot of times um, family members of older people or, or even, you know, the, the, the person themselves thinks I'm just old and this is just how it's going to be. I just need to accept it. And my goal is getting out there and saying, no, you don't have to accept it this way. You know, I can't, again, I can't fix all the problems, but I can make a lot of things better and I can make your quality of life better and you don't have to just sit in your recliner and stare at your tv all day let's find some things that you can participate in and things like that you hear that dad I'm, granted he doesn't listen to the show but <laughs> i'm going to put that out there anyway and you know what i'm going to show him this episode and make him listen he does sit in front of the tv so he may as well sit in front of the computer and listen to what you have to say even yeah. though i'm sure he'll grumble and moan and complain and and do all that fun stuff as, as we're all accustomed to now uh, take, I guess, take us now moving forward, you know, 
Now you've been in this industry 20 years now, almost 20 years. How long has your business been, been up and running? Uh, just shy of a year. Okay. So where do you, where do you see yourself? Let's look down mm-hmm. there and put the projection hat on the prognosticators hat on five, maybe 10 years down the road. What do you see from your business and what you're doing in this, in this field? Yeah, um, I have some big goals. <laughs> um, I I really want to eventually start a nonprofit that can raise money to um, buy the equipment that I mentioned is not covered by insurance. I would love to have an equipment closet that I can loan or just hand out. Um, some of it's you know not expensive, but when you tell somebody they need you know ten pieces of small you know small things, it all adds up, and they can't do all of that. So even if I just have some small things on hand, I can hand out things like that. So um, that would be on my um, list of things to do. I mentioned the golfers, a lot of people move to this region so that they can golf year round because our winters aren't bad and then their health goes south and they give up on it. I would really like to develop a program where I'm helping um, people get back out on the golf course, even if it's in a limited manner, like I said, going to the driving range or playing just you know a couple holes at a time what have you. Um, I would really love to do something with that. Um, and eventually I'm looking at potentially doing some group homes, small group homes where it's a residential home in a community, but the it, it all handicap accessible and you can have, you know, four or five, six uh, seniors living together with one caregiver and um, sort of like an assisted living, but just on a much smaller scale. Um, they're very popular in other regions and they're just not really here. Um, and all the assisted living facilities here are on wait lists. Um, you know, we have a booming, booming uh, senior population. People are moving down here. Retirees are moving down here so fast and we just can't accommodate them. So anything I can do to help, uh, you know, just kind of provide services to all of them, be it, you know, the traditional occupational therapy standards or not, um, just anything I can do to help. Absolutely. Well, this, this has been awesome. Uh, before we wrap things up, tell everybody the name of your business so we can put it out there and everybody knows, and then tell everyone where they can find you on social media and the, the interwebs and all that other fun, you know, internet stuff, information, super highway stuff that we all, we all talk about. Yeah. Um, so my business name is quality independence therapy. Um, I am on Facebook and technically Instagram, but I never get on there. Um, just under quality independence therapy. And then um, my website is quality, um, And that's about it. I'm not huge on social media. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll have to change it. We'll have to get some traffic going in your direction. I'm not on TikTok or anything like that, but neither are my clients. So that's, that's where I draw the line, even though I'm told, Hey, health and fitness is on TikTok. Yeah. Not quite the health and fitness I'm looking for, yeah. you know, but, uh, but I definitely appreciate everybody. You got all the information where you can find her on social media and on the internet. It's going to be in the show notes as well. So everybody will be able to find you there as well. Uh, This has been great. It's been great for me, to be honest. I think it was cathartic for me to just be able to talk about it to somebody else and not just ramble on about it on on the show. So it was great to be able to share experiences that I'm undergoing right now, which which is why I wanted to have you on the show, because I I wanted people to understand there's a whole level of, of healthcare out there that is so essential as we get older and older that we're going to need not all that, you know, knock on wood, maybe further down the road, but maybe not all that far down the road. So I, I so appreciate your time. It's been an absolute, 
joy to talk to you. I know we talk one-on-one quite a bit, but to get you on the show, this has been a lot of fun. Well, I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you so much. Well, again, once again, guys and guys and gals, Beth Locke and with Quality Independence Therapy. I have it correct? Yep. Perfect. Uh, Look her up. If you need help, Cape Fear Region, look her up. She'll be able to hook you up with what you need to get. And she's great at what she does. So I, you know, this is who I recommend. So go for it. You know, so and you. Dad, if you're listening, this is who you're getting. So keep <laughs> him from coming down. He doesn't want to be, he doesn't want to be bossed around, but it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. Appreciate it again, folks. Once again, subscribe, leave a great review. Share this episode and all these episodes with everyone and everyone and you cross paths with in life. Because as always, and this episode says it above all else, generational health begins with you. Thanks so much for listening. I hope what you've heard on the show truly resonates with you. If you want to learn more about the health and fitness services I provide, including my new Fit Family Foundations membership program, head to my website, fernandezfit.com. If you're ready to connect with me about health and fitness coaching, shoot an email to ocmdfernandezfit at gmail.com or a text to 814-504-7774. And of course, you can find me on social media, victorfernandez123 on Facebook, as well as Fernandez Fit LLC on both Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for tuning in. And until next time, always remember the foundation of your family's health begins with you.